Al Jazeera Podcasts. Welcome to Necessary Tomorrows. My name is Ursula. I am an AI. And I have inferred from your online activity that you have been feeling more dread than hope when you think about the future that is coming for us here in the 2060s. So I have created a course just for you to enhance your capacity for imagining different futures. Necessary Tomorrows, an audio series by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it where you listen to podcasts. Violence in Senegal after the president postponed this month's election. Macky Sall cited controversies over the disqualification of some presidential candidates. The opposition says it's a constitutional coup. So could Senegal be heading for even more political unrest? I'm Nastasia Tay, and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze, and help define major global stories. Well, let's now bring in our guests. In Dhaka, we have Ndongo Sambasila. He's a development economist and head of research and policy at International Development Economics Associates. From the town of Kafrin, we're joined by Aliou So, Senegal's Minister of Culture and Historical Heritage. And in London, we have Alexis Akwajiram. He's managing editor of the news website Semaphore. He's also a specialist in African current affairs. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen. A warm welcome to all of you here on Inside Story. Now, as we've been reporting, Senegal's obviously been regarded for some time as a stable democracy, but we're now hearing accusations of a, a constitutional coup having been carried out. And Dongo, you've described President Saul's decision to delay the election as a Napoleon-style coup. Can you explain that for us? Well, in fact, uh, this decision has shocked Senegalese people because uh, most of our compatriots are uh, expected to have the election held as initially planned. That means on February 25th. Uh, most of the Senegalese even said before that decision that we are no longer going to demonstrate. Even if we have grievances against the government, we are no longer going to demonstrate because we want to provide no pretext uh, for the postponement of the elections. That's the civic, you know, uh, behavior of Senegalese. They uh, attach a high value to elections because they seem that they think that they uh, have the right to choose their own leaders, and they expect it to have it. So this decision has shocked many people, and it, uh, the official motive uh, advanced by the president is to say that, well, we want to have free and fair elections that includes everyone, and to uh, abort uh, an ongoing uh, constitutional crisis in the sense that there would be a crisis between the judicial and the parliamentary. But the thing is, most of the Senegalese people think that this is an internal crisis, a crisis internal to the current regime. And now the people are held hostage. That's the feeling. And most of the people are talking about a civilian coup because coups are not only perpetrated by people in uniform, but also by people who are in power. Uh, well, as we were hearing there from Ndongo, President Sal is saying that he's defending democracy, but he's essentially doing that by delaying the democratic process. Minister, thank you for joining us. Can you explain that for our viewers, that the thinking behind this? Uh, thank you, Nesavier. First of all, let me express my greetings to Mr. Sila and our co-debater. But let me tell you one thing. There is no internal serious crisis of the, at the side of the region. 
If so, can he describe it or give, the, give a name to that crisis, internal crisis? It's not the case. The postponement uh, has many reasons in, that were described by the president himself and people are witnessing here in this country, in Senegal. Furthermore, we have the crisis between the National Assembly and the Constitutional Council over alleged uh, corruption of constitutional judges. It is not from the regime. It is one opposition parliamentary group led by the PDS, former ruling party, which, I mean, uh, raised those issues of corruption. And then they went to the parliament, and, the and we have the creation of the parliamentary commission of inquiry to shed light over this, over this, on this affair. And beyond that, of the procedures for verifying candidacies of by the Constitutional Council. And then there's the refutation of the accusations also by the members of the Constitutional Council who are asking to, for light to be shed on this case. At both sides, we have the, the expression of the necessity of clarifying the issue. They say they are accused of being corrupted, rejected all the accusations, and the, all both sides want to, to get it clear. And then the discovery of fraud committed by candidates who get their candidacy through through, and then they use uh, illegal, I mean, measures and tools to be approved, to get the candidacy approved. You know, in Senegal, you have to be uh, exclusively, you have to have exclusive one of citizenship, the Senegalese citizenship. In addition, you can have no one, no other one. And one of them and others also are allowed to have many other citizenships. And how did they proceed to get the candidacy through? This is another debate which is now raised. And the discrediting of the Constitutional Council and electoral judges is the source of the rejection of the verdict of the ballot box. This can lead to potential electoral disputes and, uh, and, and, okay. and popular crises. And then, finally, risk of contestation of the results of the election and of super detrimental to the political stability of the country. The situation is now here. We have separation of powers. The judiciary is in open conflict with the legislative ones, and the executive has never taken the decision of postponing election. Is a is a request of the opposition group, parliamentary group of PDS, freedom, and then democracy and change, uh, and then they allege so many things supported Minister, by other parliamentary Minister, I want to pick up on something we, you've, you've just have, said there. We have, we, have, we have that request backed up. By Minister, Minister, sorry, I, I want to ask you about something you just said there. You, you spoke about separation of powers, and I know that's something that you've said uh, in the past you're very proud of in Senegal. Now, yes. political, well, political movements and, and politicians appear to be questioning that process, including the president. No, sorry, what happened is a, a due respect of the separation of powers. Because when member parliaments decide to pass a law related to the postponement, which is not the first time in Senegal. Let me remind you that, recall you that in 1967, the second election, president election was postponed to 1968 by President Senghor through the parliament, which revised, I mean, the constitution. It is the, the, the same thing the, member, the parliament members are doing. When they drop on the table of the speaker of the house, that the decision, they couldn't move forward without getting the opinion of the president. So the president has three choices. To give them a favorable opinion, okay. an unfavorable opinion, or take note of it. 
For this time, President Macky Sall chose the third possibility. He just took note of it. And why okay. took he take note of it? So that they can continue their procedure and he couldn't... We've, he couldn't we've, had, we've had the view of, of the president. I, I, want to bring, I want to bring Alexis into the discussion here because I'm, I'm curious about how united the opposition is on this. As we've just heard, some opposition parties... Well, one in particular, Karim Wade, he was barred from running. His party requested the delay, but others have completely rejected the delay. They've said that they're going to campaign anyway. Alexis, what should we make of this? Is that difference of opinion in the opposition diluting their power? I think, yes, that does splinter the opposition. It's not a united front, and that does dilute their power, because Karim Wade has a very specific issue that, uh, you know, he has this dual citizenship issue, and he's saying, look, I'm fully Senegalese. So that does undermine the power, because ultimately you have um, uh, the... Macky Sall, and then you have a number of different groups who each have a different position, because Karim Wad, for example, does want to delay and does want this to be sorted out. Others want to keep going. I think, ultimately, though, splits aside, the point is there is a constitutional crisis at the mm -hmm. moment unfolding in what has hitherto been a very, very stable democracy, and that's the biggest takeaway. Um, I think what will deepen the sense of crisis is uncertainty. People don't like uncertainty. And that they, these schisms within the opposition will add to that uncertainty because there is not a united voice. So you have a number of different contesting voices who have different agendas. And then as well as that, you have protesters who feel that they've been mm. disenfranchised because they feel that they, this was their opportunity to speak and to choose who they were going to have um, in control, who they were going to have as a government, and they feel like that's been taken away from them. They've had agency withdrawn from them. So this is a real issue for, for Senegal in general, aside from these schisms that mm -hmm. we've uh, referred to within the well, opposition. Well, a lot of this seems to come down to intentionality, right? And many people, as we've been hearing, believe that this is President Macky Sall trying to, to hold on to power in some way. Uh, we saw the unrest that took place when it was possible that he might then be running for a third term. He says that he won't. Ndongo, how much trust is there in this sense that he will relinquish power when it comes time? Well, we have just to observe that if you want peace, you have to political peace, social peace, you have to show guarantees. Now I'm speaking from Dakar. The mobile internet is cut off. The last time it was cut off, it was during demonstration in June 2023. That means that uh, some illegal moves are made and afterwards measures are taken so that people could not contest. If you look at here in Senegal, most of the people, the majority of the people, they want peace. And they say, uh, we are against this move. We have seen statements from religious groups, from trade unions, from civil society organizations, ordinary people. Everyone is shocked. And no one could measure that if you are from abroad. This is not a constitutional crisis at the beginning. It has been orchestrated. And that's the reality here. And the thing is, as I said, the people is held hostage. Uh, because uh, before the opposition, political opposition, they asked several times to have uh, parliamentary committees on a number of topics. Like, for example, the way the COVID-19 budget has been used or mismanaged. There had been uh, demands to have parliamentary committees 
on, for example, uh, the people who were killed during demonstrations. Mm -hmm. But now, surprisingly, uh, in a matter of days, we have a parliamentary committee to investigate it, allegated charges about uh, corruption charges uh, about, you know, uh, judges from the uh, constitutional court. And most of us have a clear uh, reading of this because the ordinary people, they want accountability. They are not siding necessarily with people from the opposition, but they want accountability. And the current government knows that they will lose power through normal elections. They know that their current candidate could not uh, win the elections. So they want to buy some time so that they will choose who could participate to the future elections and also have the, uh, you know, hope that they mm -hmm. could uh, using tricks to win elections. That's the feeling of the majority of our compatriots. That is the political reading. So whatever might be said from a legal perspective, you know, we could have this reading. And the thing is, it's not only Senegal. All the neighboring countries, Francophone mm. countries, they are using the same trick since 2020. So if it was Senegal only, we could say that there's something happening. But it's a generalized, generalized pattern so that governments who are in place, they don't want to leave power. Alexis, I see you nodding there. Obviously, this is a regional issue. We've had the regional bloc, ECOWAS, come out. They're calling for elections to take place as soon as possible. The African Union are doing the same. Just how much power do these regional groupings actually wield when it comes to influencing events? I think the brutal truth is that they have very limited power in these situations. These are situations that have to be dealt with internally, and we are seeing them being exposed. Their lack of power has been exposed, particularly ECOWAS, but also the AU. So, I mean, ECOWAS, this has been an unpleasant week for the West African bloc because we've seen Niger, Mali, Burkina Faso saying that they're looking to leave. And then just going back a few months, we saw how they were essentially pretty toothless in responding to the coup in Niger. They tried to have a muscular response where they said that, you know, nothing was off the table, including a military intervention, and they had to back down and nothing happened. And instead, we've seen those three countries become emboldened. As well as that, near the end of last year, we saw an attempted coup in Sierra Leone and what appears to have been an attempted coup in Guinea-Bissau as well. So this is a real problem. And each time, all ECOWAS can say is they, they'll call for dialogue and then if there's a coup, they'll call for a speedy return to uh, democratic mm -hmm. rule. Now, this has come, I imagine, as a hammer blow to them. And again, as I say, it just shows how ultimately toothless they are. They can't really intervene. There's nothing that they can do. There are no levers that they can pull to really be forceful in these situations. Well, we know that observers have been observing democratic setbacks in Senegal for some time now. It's not just when it comes to, to these elections, but there have been arrests of critics under defamation laws. I saw Freedom House also moved Senegal from being categorised as free to, to partly free. And Dongo, you're in Dakar. How are these being felt on the ground there, particularly also by civil society? Yesterday, people started to demonstrate. And as I said, this morning, mobile internet is cut off because mobile internet is what people use for their daily trades, but also people who want to demonstrate uh, their anger, normally they coordinate using mobile phone, uh, mobile internet. So you could see that people are really shocked. But the thing is, in fact, we have to go deeper than the current crisis. We have talked about the 1963 crisis to say that this was the historical president. But what happened at that time? 
you know, uh, in Francophone Africa, we never had proper independence, not at all. And we could even say that our countries, to some extent, had been, had, was, were born unconstitutional. This is uh, a topic that we dealt with, with my co-author Fanny Pijot, on our latest book. But to say that 1963 was a way to uh, get rid of a candidate who was a nationalist in the sense that he wanted to get rid of French grip. But they said it's impossible that you get rid of French grip. So when people say that Senegal is a model of democracy, well, this has to be uh, uh, taken with a grain of salt. Why? Because the people, Senegalese people, ordinary people, are committed to liberty, to their liberty. And they have been fighting against the political class and despite the political class to have their own liberty. But the thing is, Senegal, as other African countries from the Francophone era, they have been never allowed to choose their own leaders through free and fair and inclusive elections. Mm -hmm. You have no record of a normal political leader that loves his country, that is honest, and that wants to break rid, to, uh, to get rid of you know, the French grip on Francophone Africa that managed to win an election. You have no record about that. And in Senegal, that is the, that those are the stakes. Because for once, you have young people who seem to be honest, who seem to love their people, and who are loved by their people, and who could win through normal and free elections. But this has never been allowed in the history of Francophone Africa since the independences. And what you... we are seeing in the Sahel is somehow an echo to that. Because uh, paradoxically, the only way sometimes uh, how nations have been able to get rid, for example, of French militarism, of the currency we are using, etc., had been through military coups. I'm not advocating medical tools, but I am observing that. Mm -hmm. This has been the pattern. So anytime you had a leader that could challenge the status quo, you had the international crisis. In 1963, we had that in Senegal. Well, I, I want to bring the minister back in now to explore the, the route forward right now in terms of, of what you're calling a crisis in Senegal. Uh, there's a debate, as we've been reporting, on if there'll be a, a vote on August 25th, we understand. But the Constitution requires elections to be held at least 30 days before the end of the president's term, by my understanding, and, and that's supposed to be April 2nd. So, minister, how is that supposed to work? In fact, there is no modification of the term of the presence, but we have just a derogation, as what we had in 1967, through a uh, decision taken by the, the member of parliament. So it does mean that the election shall be only postponed for a time limit that will be precise in the new derogation, and the current incumbent president will be in office until the installation of his new succession. So let me tell you one thing. There is no less to stay in power that can be noticed in President Makassal's behavior, behavior of ambition. He okay. even recalled, remind to, to each and to everyone, to each of us, that he will not run for another term. Yes. But, but, but Minister, I understand... In such a, in such a conflictual situation. I, I understand, the, Minister, the, that... So then, so then another thing that I want I'm to I'm sorry, sir, so I, I do want to ask you about this because it, it appears that there is a proposed exemption to the Constitution that's in the works for a six-month delay, and people are obviously concerned that if, if that passes, that 
there could then be repeated further delays. What would you say to that? No, let me tell you, it depends on the parliament, not on the executive power. Only the parliament can pass laws related to derogations, postponements, or any other measure. But what we know, no law can be implemented if not, uh, if not promulgated by the president. And let me tell you, President Makisal will never promulgate something that is, in, uh, that is not favorable for Senegal internal uh, cohesion, social cohesion, national unity, peace and stability. So this, I can assure you, this commitment of President Makisal. So then, be it one term, one semester, or two semesters, he will appreciate, and then we are listening to the parliament. They are working on that, but let me tell you something. The so, sorry, Minister, just for clarity for our the, viewers, how soon the, are we likely to see group? new elections in Senegal? What? Uh, for clarity what? for our viewers, how likely, well, how soon are we likely to see elections in Senegal? But it will be organized in conditions that can prefer, promote free, fair, and credible elections and inclusive ones, giving chance to every Senegalese who fill the criteria to run and compete with on equal terms. Will, will that, will that minister include a, a look at unbarring Usman Sanko? In terms of appreciation and understanding of the rules of the game. So, so a lot of people who've taken to the streets have been Usman Sanko's supporters. A lot of people who've taken to the streets in Senegal over the past year have been supporters of Usman Sanko. He's been barred totally from running. From what is going on. If Usman Sanko's case is totally different. Even himself and his supporters did accept that he had not to run because he had a private problem which was settled by the judiciary and then in terms of the measure taken by the judges, he, couldn't, he, couldn't, he, he could not run. And then he backed up one of his party members, former party member, as candidate. He couldn't accept the backing of somebody if he was aware that, in terms of legal basis, on the term of legal basis, he could run. But President Makisal called for a national dialogue, during which all, I mean, parties, all civil society members, every Senegalese who is, I mean, interested in the development, the peace, the peace and of Senegal, can have his say and then come with opinions, ideas, and proposals that can improve the situation and lead us to free and fair election, inclusive election. When people discuss, when debates are open, everything is possible, but in terms of respect of the rule of law. Mm -hmm. Senegal is a country based on the rule of law, and I think that what is necessary to Gentlemen. be modified by parliament, uh, by, by the parliament, we have MPs Gentlemen, you, you've all, uh, all emphasised I mean, uh, how crucial free and fair elections are for Senegal. The national dialogue that is, that is called by President Maxwell to discuss on... So I'm, I'm afraid we'll have to leave our discussion today there. But as you've all reiterated just how critical free and fair elections are for the country, and, and we do certainly hope that they do take place in Senegal soon and in a peaceful way where everyone feels that their voices have been heard. For now, thank you to all of our guests, Ndongo Sambasila, Aliou So, and Alexis Akwajiram. This episode was produced by Mohamed El Aishi, Sarah Gill, Veronica Pedrosa, and Gemma Harris. Studio sound by Fadzel Yaya. The programme was edited by Sarin Murali, Zainab Bader, and Joe Frias. Do be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thanks for listening, and tune in again on Tuesday for our next one.
Coming up on The Take, the Biden administration has kicked off its campaign with a promise to restore abortion rights. But will its efforts fall short? That's The Take by Al Jazeera. Get it wherever you listen to podcasts.